proclaiming the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preparing a people for the kingdom of heaven, preserving a posterity for the glory of God. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Key of David podcast, brought to you by the Watchmen of the Wall Ministries. I'm your host, Charles, and I am so grateful, so thankful, and so blessed that you decided to listen to this podcast, that you're tuned in, that you're streaming it wherever you may be. I pray that it richly blesses your life, that it touches you in a way that you need to be encouraged, strengthened in your understanding and your knowledge of God's Word and His plan for your life. I truly believe that anything that you hear in the next few minutes will be something that will give you something you can build your life upon, an anchor in the storm, peace in the valley, that you will be better off after this podcast is over than you were before if you will allow the Lord's Spirit to reach deep in your heart and touch you in your innermost soul. Before I get started, I want to share a scripture that the Lord shared with me prior to doing this podcast. comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29 and verse 11. God states, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now, I love that way that it ends that scripture, an expected end. I know that a lot of translations and a lot of other versions of the Bible say a hope and a future, but I love the way that the King James says it, an expected end. God has an expected end for your life. He has a plan for you, listener. He has a plan for your life that if you will be brave enough and that you will be bold enough to accept that plan, to put yourself on a position, in a position and on a pathway for that plan to take hold and root in your life and for God to uncover his will for your life, then you will be richly blessed beyond your imagination. You will go places that you thought you would never go. You would not imagine what God has in store for you, not only in eternity, but on this side. If you will believe that scripture that God told Jeremiah, he was speaking to Jeremiah about his plan for his life and for the life of the children of Israel. And that same scripture can be applied to your life, listener. He has a plan for you. He has an end that is expected. He knows everything. He knew the end from the beginning, and he knew when he created you that he had a plan for you, not only on a corporate level, not only on an eternal level, but on a personal level. If you take the time to read books of the Bible like Leviticus, and Exodus, and prophecy books like Ezekiel, you're going to find out something. God is in the details. God is in the details of a believer's life. He wants to be involved in everything that you do. I know a lot of Christians that have a broad overlook viewpoint of God in their life. They think that God saved them and then said, now go and do the best you can, and I might intervene every once in a while in a grand way in your life. But believer, that's not what God wants to do. He wants to be involved on the most intimate levels of your life. He wants to be involved in your life on a daily basis, and I hope you believe what that scripture dictates. It has brought me comfort in the years past, and I hope it brings you comfort. Now, normally at this time, I would be welcoming to the podcast my brother and partner in ministry, Brother Scott. However, Scott is not with me today. He and his family are on vacation. So uh, pray that he will have a safe vacation and a safe trip home. He will be back with me next time. But in the meantime, he wanted me to go ahead with the podcast and to speak what God has laid upon our hearts for this week. Before I get started in today's message, I want to go to the Lord in prayer. Please pray with me. And like Scott says, this is the time and the opportunity for us to step aside from the message that God has laid upon my heart for just a moment to, to put aside what God has planned to say on this podcast and give 
God and you the opportunity to communicate in prayer, to allow God to touch your life in a special way, to present your needs before God, to do what Paul said, to boldly come before the throne of grace and present your petitions and make them known so that God can answer your prayer. So take this time, listener, not only to pray for this podcast, not only to pray for ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of God would be sharing with you today, but pray that God will move in whatever situation comes to mind. Lay your cares and your burdens at the feet of God. He cares about you, and He wants to meet your need. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you because we know, God, that you have the answer. You have the answer to whatever question we might have. You have the supply to whatever need. And we believe, God, that you are concerned and interested in us. That God, just like the word declares in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, you do have thoughts of good toward us and not evil. You do have thoughts that will bring us a hope and a future and the expected end that you have for each one of us. And I pray that expected end, that plan that you have for each and every believer and the listeners that are tuned into this podcast right now, receive that, believe that, and accept that, God, that you will speak to their hearts today, that you will remove every care, that you will meet every need, that you will give them peace in their storms and whatever burden they might be carrying God give them the strength give them the boldness give them the courage to lay it at your feet and not pick it up again not worry not fret but believe that you God will answer all of their needs according to your riches and glory and that your grace is more than sufficient enough to meet every need that they may have I pray for myself, Father, that I say exactly what you want me to say on this podcast, nothing more and nothing less, that you will lead and guide and direct everything that's said, that you will orchestrate it by your Spirit. Breathe on this podcast, Holy Ghost. Breathe the spirit of conviction and adoption. Let this podcast go across the world. Do not, Lord, allow me to limit how far that you can reach people with this word. But I believe this word can touch anyone that you will draw to it. And Lord, I pray that the right people, the ones who need to hear this message, are drawn to it. And Lord, that you plant it firmly in their heart and let it take root. Don't let the enemy pluck out what's been sown today through this podcast. And God, we will give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Scott and I started a series last week regarding overcoming strongholds. Now, before I get started, I want to say this. The message and the subject that we're talking about, strongholds, this message is exclusively for a specific type of Christian. It is not for any Christian because let me say that I feel compelled to say this before I get started in the subject, but there are levels of relationship with God and God desires to show you his plan for your life, but it takes actively seeking God for that intimate relationship and fellowship with his Holy Spirit. Not everyone listening to this message is in a position to receive it. Scott and I are speaking this podcast. This podcast was designed with a specific body of believers in mind. The remnant believers that are actively seeking a deeper, more intimate fellowship with God and His Word. There are many Christians out there who call themselves Christians. They may have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They've heard that Jesus died on a cross, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, and they chose to believe that story. They may have said a sinner's prayer and confessed that with their mouth and believe in their heart that they're saved and a minister or whoever helped them to be led to the Lord has told them they're born again. But that is as far as the grace of God has allowed, been allowed to go in their lives. They went about their business. They no longer seek God. 
they no longer look for God, they no longer actively participate in seeking God's word and following a path that gives them a closer intimate relationship with God. Now, there are people that perhaps will make it to heaven based on that type of relationship. Now, I would caution someone who has came to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, but it is no, it is not allowed to go further than that. I caution someone who is not actively seeking God and participating in following God in a closer fellowship with Him. They may be even moral people who call themselves Christians. They work every week. They pay their bills. They may even pay their tithes. They may go to church every Sunday. They're living a moral life. They're providing for their family. They're doing what they believe is good things to do and right things to do. And most anyone that you would meet would tell you that these people are good people. However, I caution to think that those people are living in the center of God's will because the Bible cautions us that if we do not take the grace of God that has been invested in our lives and return it back to God. Um, you know, when you borrow money, usually you have to pay that money that you borrow back to the lender with interest, meaning that the lender lends you that money with the understanding that when that money's returned, it's going to be more than he lent or she lent you, or that or you know that that corporation or organization lent you. That institution may have lended you a certain amount of money, but they're going to get money back on their investment. They're going to get return for their investment, and they're going to make a profit. Well, listener, I want you to understand this. God fully expects a return on his investment. He invested his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the world. He allowed his son to be beaten, mocked, placed on a cross, die a cruel, inhumane death, be buried, and then rose from the dead. And that gospel is being proclaimed. And it is up to us to proclaim that gospel. Now, like I said, after the gospel is proclaimed to a person's life, then it is that person's responsibility to respond to the gospel and to accept that gospel as the truth and allow God to save their soul. But God expects return on the grace that's been invested in their life. God fully expects that person to honor God with not only the fruits of their substance and not only the money that they may tithe with every week, but the life that they live, God expects them to invest that life in seeking God's face, reading his word, learning what his will is, going forward and growing in the knowledge of God. And there are Christians out there who have not allowed God full access to their lives. They've not allowed the grace of God to penetrate to a point where they're motivated to go forward and to seek God's face and to have a deeper relationship. They're good people. They're moral people. But they're not actively pursuing a closer, deeper, more intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, these people may make it to heaven. I'm not the judge. It is not my place to say if they will make it into heaven or not. But I caution and remind them of parables in the Bible, such as the man who received a talent from God and went and hid it in the ground and did not use what was invested in his life, then there was no return on the investment. And that man was not condemned because he tried and failed. He was not condemned because he attempted to go out there and he may not have made back as much as another man did with his talents, gifts, and resources. But he was condemned because he did not invest that life in God's will at all. I also am reminded of a parable where God said, Call all the lame, all the halt, 
all the main. Fill up my wedding supper with guests. I want to make sure that my house is filled. And the house was filled with anyone and whosoever would come was invited. And the house was full, despite what type of person that it was. And when the master of the house came in and saw the wedding party, he noticed a man there that did not have on a wedding garment. And he asked that man, why do you not have on a wedding garment? And the man was speechless. And the master of the house said, commanded, take this man, bind him hand and foot, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This man was condemned because he did not invest that invitation to live for God into his own life. There was no thought of going closer to God. There was no thought of gaining ground in God's word and more understanding according to God's will. And that man was condemned for his actions. So I caution you, there are levels of relationship were Christians in the word of God. Jesus, when he first called his disciples, he said, you are my servants. But later on, after the disciples had walked with Jesus for quite some time and learned of Jesus and learned his ways and experienced his love, and Jesus began to reveal to them his plan and the plan that the Father had for his life and what he was here to do. And he said, no longer do I call you servants, but now I call you friends. You see, there are levels of relationship that a person can experience with God. And this podcast, this message that I am going to speak about today is made for a particular type of Christian, not a mediocre average Christian who is not investing his time, energy, and resources into seeking God's face, but those people who have took upon themselves to begin to dig into God's word, to invest the grace of God, to return to God that grace that God invested in their lives by seeking God's face and growing in the knowledge of God's word and seeking out God's will. And you just like that scripture I read at the beginning of this podcast, listener, in Jeremiah chapter 29, There is an expected end that God has for you, but you will not see that end come to pass if you do not intentionally and actively pursue a deeper, more intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And this is what this message is geared toward today. Now, the new series that we're on, Overcoming Strongholds, you may say, well, what does this have to do with Overcoming Strongholds? And we will get to that. But I can assure you that unless you're actively pursuing God's will, then overcoming strongholds is not the message for you. Because overcoming strongholds is for a mature Christian. Someone who has taken the time to seek out God's face and God's will for their life. Someone who has allowed God's spirit to pierce their heart to where they are adamantly following God and wanting to know God's will and and asking God, what are the gifts that you placed in my life? What is the calling that you have on my life? What is my place in your kingdom, Father? If these questions are not being answered in your life, the simple fact of the matter is that you either do not actively pursue God because anyone who has lived any, any amount of time and with a Christian walk with God, God will begin to reveal to him or her his will for their life. He will also begin to reveal the gifts of the Spirit according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that were placed in their life that God expects them to use and operate in. And someone who has lived for Jesus any amount of time, if they are still not sure what their calling is, if they do not know what gifts they are, then they simply are not actively pursuing a relationship with God or they have chosen not to allow God complete full access to their life and full control of their life. Because, listener, God has a plan for each and every believer. He has a place that he needs you to fit into in his kingdom 
to become an active participant in the gospel of Jesus Christ to show you what his will is, to reveal to you what his ultimate plan and his intimate plan is for the earth, for the people around you, for eternity. And if he's not doing that, then you're either not pursuing him or you refuse to give him complete access to your life and you are squandering the grace that God invested in your life. And I hope that's not the case. Now, what are strongholds? We have discussed this on the last podcast. If you listen to it, great. You'll remember what I'm about to say. If you've not took the time to listen to it, I urge you to go back and listen to the previous podcast. It was the beginning of this new series on overcoming strongholds. But strongholds are areas in a believer's life where the enemy has gained access and territory and now has a certain amount of control. Now, it is possible, like I said last week, to be a believer and have a stronghold in your life. It is possible to actively pursue God's will in your life, to be actively pursuing a more intimate relationship with God and have a stronghold in your life. As a matter of fact, it is a... It is proof in your walk with God that you are pursuing God in an intimate level. If strongholds in your life are being revealed to you, even as we speak, because God does not reveal strongholds in a believer's life who has no desire to move up higher. There are, if if the listener or the believer is living a life where there is no confrontation with the enemy, where there is no spiritual warfare, it is not because you have reached some plateau where you're no longer touchable by the enemy. It's because you are not a threat to the enemy. The only one that that, that actually is truly a threat to the enemy will be fought, will have to overcome persecution, will have to overcome struggle, and will discover strongholds that the enemy has built up in their life. And these strongholds are a result of choices that are made. They may be good or bad choices, but those choices led them down a pathway that produced an opportunity for the enemy to build up a level or access or territory in that person's life. And God wants all of your heart. He wants you to be free. He wants the strong man in your life to be bound. He wants you to experience the fullness of his joy. He wants you to walk in complete victory. And the only way that you can do that is to allow God to reveal to you what these strongholds are and then allow God to show you how to overcome these strongholds. Last week we spoke about how some strongholds are too big for you and They are only overcome by a supernatural touch and deliverance from God. Or there are strongholds in your life that God will allow in your life to to be there for a while, to, to be unfortunately persistent in your life because God expects you to fight a fight. Now, it is possible to go through life actively pursuing God, with strongholds in your life, and you may even die before you are completely victorious over certain areas of your life. But the key to victory is not ending up at the end of your life a perfect individual with no problems, no faults, no failures, no hang-ups, but a person who never gives up believing that if they last long enough on this side of the grave, God can give them complete victory because any stronghold that you may die with will instantly be gone on the other side as long as you do not give up the fight on this side. The key is not to give up, but the enemy would have you get to a place in your life based on choices that you have made, whether they be good or bad, And a stronghold ends up in your life and you have wrestled with that stronghold. God has revealed that area into your life and you have tried to overcome it. You have tried to overcome that area in your life that the enemy has 
gain territory and access to and control and you've not been able to overcome it and the the battle gets too severe the the pursuit of god gets too hard you get discouraged you give up on it you stop pursuing god you stop pursuing victory over these strongholds it is then listener that you that you have been defeated by the enemy but as long as you continue to fight a good fight and to run the race then you will be victorious at the end of this race. Now there is another subject regarding that scripture that I read in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 where it states that God said he has thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God has an expected plan for your life, a detailed plan for your life, and he will not review it, re- reveal it to you unless you're actively pursuing him. Now, I want you to understand something about pursuing God's plan. We're going to read some scriptures found in Romans 8, starting at verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. It says that all things work together for good. Now notice he didn't say that all things were good. There are false doctrines out there that would tell you that once you become a Christian, God doesn't allow anything bad to happen to you, that you will no longer be suffering or no longer be in a position where you feel like you want to give up or or you feel trapped or you feel in a prison. A lot of people would tell you that you are out of God's will if you're not being blessed, if your joy is not full, if you're not living a happy life. That is lies straight from the enemy. It is possible, and we're going to talk about it more in just a few minutes. It is possible to be in the prison and to be in the perfect will of God. That's why this message is so encouraging. It is so needful. It is so powerful. It's because if you can grasp this part of God's plan, if you can understand the details that I'm about to explain, if you can comprehend what God wants to show you today, it will give you victory over your strongholds because it will give you understanding on how God operates in a believer's life. Verse 29 of Romans 8. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed into the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now, we're going to talk about that word predestination. There's been a lot of sermons, a lot of teachings, a lot of books, a lot of podcasts done on the subject of predestination. I will tell you that predestination is not the old Puritan belief that you are either born going to heaven or going to hell and nothing you can do in life will change that fact. That is not what predestination is. A better word for predestination would be predetermined. God has a predetermined plan. And it said, for who he foreknew, those he also predetermined to be conformed into the image of his son. So, listener, before you accepted Jesus as your Savior, before you began to pursue God in your life, God was already pursuing you. Before you chose Jesus, God already chose you. Before you even started on the road toward the cross, God beckoned you because he saw in your heart something that he wanted to keep for eternity. God knows you. He knew the kind of person you are and will be and have been. He knows your thoughts. He knows the decisions you've made. He knew what kind of choices you would make before you've even made those choices. 
And despite the choices you've made, maybe you've made some bad choices. Maybe you've made some mistakes. Maybe you've made some errors in your life that have caused you to end up in a place that you think is out of God's will. Let me tell you something that will give you victory if you can grasp it. God already knew you were going to make those choices. And he chose you anyway. And despite making those choices and making those mistakes and following detours that the devil may have placed in your life and getting off of the main track that God has planned for your life, God has not changed the plan. God does not have a plan B. Now, I wrote a long study, a long devotional, about that very fact that God does not have a plan B. And you will gain so much understanding if you take the time to follow the link in the show notes of this podcast to our blogs and look for the one that is entitled God Does Not Have a Plan B. It goes right along with what I've got to speak about today with this podcast and with Overcoming Strongholds. I urge you to read it. I urge you to go and study it. I urge you to let the Holy Spirit reveal to you the fact that God has not changed his plan for you, despite the choices that you have made, despite the mistakes that you have made in the past, despite the fact that you are so far away from where you started that you think there's no way to get back to where God had you before. You may believe the enemy's lie that you have made so many mistakes that there's no way that you can end up good anymore or end up in God's heaven anymore. But I am telling you, just like I said before, if you dare to believe that God has an expected end for you, just like Jeremiah 29, 11 states, if you will dare to believe, just like Romans 8 states, that God foreknew you and still chose you and has a predetermined plan that does not and will not change. Now, there is a pattern known to man, a pattern for every story, every book, every play, every movie that has been written that has been very successful the greatest plays, the greatest books, the greatest movies that we have ever that have ever been made follow a certain pattern. And this pattern is so indicative and so like the plan of God that man loved this pattern. That's why the movies are so successful that follow this pattern. Why the books are so successful that follow this pattern. This pattern if followed almost guarantees successful stories, successful plays. The pattern I'm speaking about is called the hero's journey or the hero's cycle. Now you can think of any plan or any, you can think of any book you've read or any play you've read or any movie that you really enjoy that you've saw. And if you will admit it, this plan, the hero's journey or the hero's cycle was followed in this play was followed in this book, was followed in this movie, and that's why you enjoy it so much. And the reason is, is because this very journey, this hero's journey, or this pattern, did not originate with man. It originated with God all the way back through the history of the Bible. Any of the people that God used, you will see their life conform to this pattern, to this plan, to this journey, this cycle. And it's called the hero's journey. And let me explain what it is. Take the best plays that have ever been written. Those written by people like William Shakespeare. Three act plays. The first act, the person or the main character of the story is introduced. And they're given a journey to go on or a quest to undertake or a promise or a prophecy that they must accomplish. And then in act two of the play, their choices lead them to a place where they are in such a predicament, such a situation, that it looks like victory is out of reach. It looks like there's no way 
that the prophecy or the or the promise or the quest will be fulfilled or or the promise will be fulfilled or or the 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 prize that the person is looking for is ever going to be within reach act two gets the character in such a situation that it looks like there is no victorious outcome and then in act three of the play the character is brought out of that mess success comes and this victory is comes and the the victor of the the play you know the the play ends up victorious the movie ends up victorious the hero wins the hero finishes the journey the hero wins the quest the hero sees the promise come to pass now think of any movie you want to and you'll have to admit that same cycle has been followed in some form or fashion let me give you an examples star wars follows that pattern to a T. That's why it's so successful. Movies that have made the most movie, like Avatar. Avatar has made the most money because it followed that pattern and that cycle. Movies like the Marvel movies and the Avenger movies, they follow that pattern. The, the characters are introduced. They're given a quest. They're given a promise. They're given a prophecy. And then in Act 2, they end up in a situation where it doesn't seem like there's any way out. And then in Act 3, victory is won. And you'll have to admit, your most favorite plays, your most favorite shows, your most favorite movies, your most favorite books have followed that pattern in some form or fashion. And that's why they're so beloved. The reason being, my friend, is because God invented that pattern he invented the hero cycle he invented the hero's journey he is the one that originated that that pattern for every great story and every great great quest and every great uh story ever told has followed that pattern god invented it we're going to talk about someone that was placed on such a journey in life if you read your Bible in the book of Genesis, and the story of this person begins in Genesis chapter 30 and goes out through the end of Genesis, which is Genesis chapter 50, and it is the story of Joseph. Now, it's a very popular story. A lot of people have heard about the story of Joseph. And the reason that Joseph takes up so much room in the Old Testament is because there is probably not another Old Testament character who has followed the likelihood of Jesus and the story of Jesus as closely as the story and life of Joseph has. Joseph is probably the, the Old Testament symbol and pattern of the Messiah more than any other character in the Old Testament has been. Now, I'm including in that mess... Moses, who was a type of Messiah. David, who was a type of king and Messiah, whose life patterned after Jesus. Job, who also followed the hero cycle and is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. All these main characters in the Old Testament, of all of these, the one who reflects the life of Jesus Christ in the New Testament and the plan of God that Jesus himself followed and walked on the one who resembles it the most in the old testament is the story of joseph now joseph was a son born to jacob jacob was born to isaac and isaac was born to abraham so god's plan with abraham and the children of israel is in full fruition when joseph is born now joseph is born 11th and a long line of sons. Joseph has ten brothers. He eventually has another brother named Benjamin. And Jacob ends up having twelve sons in all. Which is where the twelve, twelve tribes of Israel come from. But Joseph was born to these men. And Joseph at a young age in his life receives a promise. He receives a prophecy in the form of dreams. Joseph has a dream 
that one day he's going to rise to fame, that he's going to be placed above everyone in his life, even his mother and his father, that he's going to succeed the victory of all people that he knows, that he's got a quest he's going to follow. It's going to bring him to a place of prominence, and he's going to be the victorious one. Now, Joseph has a stronghold in his life, even at a young age. And his stronghold is pride. And that stronghold was brought upon him by choices that not only he made, but his father Jacob made. You see, Jacob had a stronghold in his life. Jacob had a stronghold of favoritism. Jacob treated his sons differently because he had sons from four different women. But Joseph came from Rachel. Or Rebecca, Rachel. Rachel was the one that Jacob loved the most. And so, as a result, Joseph was more favored and more loved than the rest of his brothers. And this caused a lot of problems in the life of Jacob and in the life of Joseph. Now, because Jacob had a stronghold of favoritism in his life, and allowed himself to be a bad parent and to treat his sons differently, it caused jealousy in his sons. Now, the ten brothers of Joseph had a stronghold of jealousy in their life. And when Joseph began to reveal to them the plan and the promise of God, and Joseph began to tell them that God has promised that he will rise above all of his brothers, that his life will go to the heights of heaven, that he will be as the stars in heaven, and he will even outshine his mother and his father. His, his brothers become jealous, jealous to the point that they sell Joseph to an Egyptian as a slave to get him out of the picture. And so Joseph is sold into slavery. And in Egypt, Joseph is now residing. And it, Joseph is placed in a position where he has to continue to believe the promise of God. Now, Joseph is still believing the promise of God at this point. And Joseph is placed over the house of a man named Potiphar. Now, Potiphar's wife had a stronghold of lust in her life. And because of her stronghold of lust, she lusted and, and tempted Joseph to lie with her. But Joseph's faithfulness in God, Joseph and his active pursuit of an intimate relationship with God kept him from falling to that temptation. And as a result, Potiphar's wife claims that Joseph attempted to rape her and Potiphar has Joseph thrown in prison. And now Joseph is in prison. And he's left there to rot. To be forgotten. Now this is all a part of God's plan. And Joseph is in a situation where it looks like that the promise of God has failed. That the prophecy that God gave him in a dream when he was young has come to an end. That there is no way to see the quest fulfilled. No way for the hero to win the battle. Joseph is in a place where there looks like there's no way out. But God has not forgotten Joseph. And if you read the story, you're going to find that in the end, Joseph prevails. That Joseph is brought out of prison and placed in the palace. And right along, he's, second, he's made second in command to Pharaoh of Egypt over all of the land. And the greatest empire at that time was ruled by Joseph. And Joseph's sons and Joseph's father and Joseph's family actually become subservient to Joseph. They actually come and bow down before Joseph. And just like the dreams that Joseph received from God, the plan that the enemy thought to destroy in the life of Joseph comes to pass and Joseph wins. Now, the thing that I wanted to share to you about this story and about Joseph and why this story is 
the secret to success in overcoming strongholds is that you've got to realize that God allows this same hero's cycle, this same hero's journey, this same pattern that Joseph's life follow and all so many of the other characters of the Bible. Moses, his life follows the hero's journey. Jesus, definitely, his life is the hero's journey. David, the king, his life follows the hero's journey or the pattern that I'm speaking about. And believer, if you are actively pursuing a relationship with God, and I'm not saying a mediocre Christianity. I'm not talking about a Christianity where you're not seeking God's face and asking God what the calling on your life is and what God's gifts that he has placed in your life. Listener, if your life is mediocre, if you've gotten to a place where your life has no destiny and no purpose, it's just as I've said before, it's because, one, you're not actively pursuing the will of God, or two, you've not allowed God complete and utter access. You've not completely trusted God with your life. But each and every person who starts out on a quest for God, each and every believer who starts walking with God in their young age, their lives will follow this same pattern, this same hero's journey. You will be given a promise by God. It may come in the form of a dream like Joseph. You may receive a word from God through a minister. Someone may have laid hands on you when you were young and prophesied to you and said that God says you're going to become a preacher or you're going to be a missionary or you're going to be an evangelist or you're going to fulfill some great destiny in God's kingdom. But there was a promise given to you and that promise has motivated you to seek God and to follow God. But choices that were made, now see, this is the trick. Joseph didn't make any bad choices but he still ended up in the prison. Now, a lot of times in our lives, we make choices that will cause us to end up in a prison. Now, these may be choices that are bad, that we've made, mistakes that we have made that have caused us to end up in a place where it does not look like the promises of God are going to come to pass. But we have to realize that God chose you knowing the choices that you would make before he put you on this path. So just like Romans 8 says, whom the God, whom the Lord foreknew, them he also predestinated or predetermined to plan in their life. And that plan follows the hero's journey. Just like Joseph, there will be a promise. Just like Joseph, there will be a prison, but just like Joseph, there's going to be a palace as well. Now, if you read the story of Genesis, it ends up, chapter 50 of Genesis, Joseph finally realizes that everything that happened to him in his life, when he ended up in prison and he was discouraged and he was despondent, and he said, God, you gave me promises when I was young. <laughs> God, you gave me a dream that I've been following and now it looks like that dream is not going to come to pass. What happened to the quest that you put me on? What happened to the plan that you had for my life? Is it too late? Have I went too far? Has the enemy had too much freedom in my life? Am I in a prison? See, now Joseph was in a prison that the enemy created, a stronghold in his life but God freed him from that stronghold and Joseph realized something and he states this in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20 he says but as for you he's talking to his brothers you thought evil against me but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive because Joseph's life is just like the pattern of the Messiah. 
the life of Joseph and the things that Joseph went through were a plan from God to save many people's lives. Because Joseph ended up in prison and eventually ended up in the palace, the famine that was to destroy so many lives and to ultimately destroy the children of Israel and the descendants of Abraham was brought to naught and destroyed because Joseph was actively pursuing an intimate relationship with God. Now, in your life, let's bring it let's bring it down to brass tacks. How is this a key to overcoming strongholds in my life? Listener, we all have strongholds. Everyone follows this pattern. You were born again. If you begin to actively pursue a walk with God, then you read in his word, you heard through his spirit. You may have even had a prophecy or a dream, but a promise was made to you. A revelation of the will of God was made to you. A proclamation was made to you of what place that you would fulfill in God's kingdom of what kind of plan God had for your life, what destiny God had in store for your life. And you begin to pursue that plan. You began to pursue that promise. Just like the hero's journey, you started a quest to see God's plan come into fruition in your life, come to pass in your life. Now, along that journey, you have made choices. And they may have been good choices, they may have been bad choices. You may have made good choices that resulted in a prison, broken relationships, loss of loved ones. You have made mistakes in the past, and those mistakes appear to have robbed that promise of God from your life. They appear to have stopped the plan that God has for your life. But just like Joseph whether your choices be good or evil, whether your choices be good choices or you've made mistakes, the plan of God that God had for your life the day that he called you has not changed, has not been altered, and will not be altered because God decided the plan that he had for your life knowing the choices you would make in life. Knowing the, the mistakes that you would make in life. Knowing where your life would lead. God still made a plan for your life. And that plan is still in operation as long as you actively pursue God and do not give up. Now, if along the way you get too discouraged, I will say this. I have to be honest. I have to be truthful on both sides. As long as you don't give up, the plan of God will come to fruition. It will come to pass in your life. The plan of God has not changed. God does not have a plan B. However, if you choose not to pursue God any longer, if the enemy convinces you that you've made too many mistakes, that you've went too far, that you've fallen down, if, if you fell, you've fallen down too many times, Something bad has happened to your life that you just can't seem to overcome. Some weakness in your life, a stronghold that was allowed to be placed in your life, either by God's sovereignty or by a choice that you made through the enemy's temptations. And you can't seem to overcome that stronghold. If you will realize, listener, that every journey follows this pattern, Every walk with God follows this hero cycle. Everyone has ingrained in them, in their heart, this journey, this hero cycle, this hero's quest. That's why we love these type of movies. That's why these books thrill us. That's why these plays entice us. That's why these stories entice us. The ones we remember the most, the ones that bring us the most pleasure, the ones that we can watch over and over and over, the ones that we can read over and over and over, it's because they follow this pattern and this pattern was placed in your heart long before you were even chosen to be with God. 
Before you made the choice to follow God, this pattern was in your heart. It was placed in the heart of mankind, is placed in the heart of Adam, and it has been passed along to each and every person that has been born. If you will allow yourself to remember this, then any stronghold you have in your life can be overcome because God allowed these strongholds in Joseph's life and it worked out for God's glory. Remember what we read in Romans 8. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And if you grasp this fact, if you allow this to reach inside your heart, it will bring you victory. You will have overcoming strongholds. You will begin to overcome those things that try to hold you back from discovering God's will for your life. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I come to you right now because I believe that you have shared your heart with the people that are listening to this podcast. That just like Joseph, you're going to take us from a promise to a prison, but ultimately to the palace. And God, I pray right now that those that are listening in believe That, God, you have not changed the the plan. That, God, they realize and, and, God, they remember that before they chose you, they you already knew what kind of person they would be. You already knew what kind of choices they would make. You already knew what path that they would walk down. But you chose them anyway, and your plan doesn't change. And if they won't give up, if they will actively pursue you, if they will realize this hero's journey, everyone follows it, just like Joseph, just like Moses, just like David, just like Jesus. If I allow myself to follow this plan, I might end up in prison. I might be in prison right now. But just like Joseph, you'll bring me out of that prison, you'll bring me to the palace, and you'll bring me to the fulfillment of the promise that you made in my life. God, I pray this becomes a reality in my life. I pray, God, that it becomes a reality in each and every person's life within the sound of my voice. And God, I pray right now that your will is done through this podcast. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listener, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope it has blessed your heart. I hope you realize that God's plan for you is the same as it has always been. There is no plan B. I encourage you, read that blog. You'll get more understanding of God and his plan for your life. It'll be in the show notes of this podcast, along with all the other resources that we offer. The YouTube channels, the Facebook page, the the, uh, Instagram and Twitter that you can follow. Our email address will be in the show notes of this podcast for you to send any feedback or prayer request, anything you would like to say. I hope and pray that something that's said will stir your heart, that you will not give up the fight, that you will continue to walk in victory. Remember to share this message with other people. Remember, you can be an active part of our ministry by sharing this message with other people. Maybe you know someone who has given up, who has felt like giving up, who thinks that they went too far, that the strongholds in their life have disqualified them, have cast them aside to where there is no hope for the promise that God has made for them, for the plan that God has for their life. Share this message with them. Let them know through our help. Help us to let them know that God doesn't have a plan B and that there is a promise There may be a prison, but then there will be a palace. I pray that you have enjoyed this. Remember, it is the prayer of the Key of David podcast. It is a prayer of the Watchmen of the Wall Ministries that each and every person listening repents for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.